Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast with Andy Turner and Garrett Fools, checking up on Texas policies and politics with some federal issues thrown in, like the assault weapons ban, interest rate hikes, you get it, but it's mostly Texas, since we can't ignore the big stuff either. And now, here are your hosts, Andy Turner and Garrett Fools. Welcome back to a special episode of Se- the Seeing Red podcast. I'm Garrett Fulce. We have our, our lovely co-host with us today, Andy Turner, as well as a special guest, Senator Drew Springer. Um, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media at the Seeing Red Pod to make sure you know when we when we upload. We usually upload every Wednesday morning, but today we're having a special edition with with Senator Springer. So there's no reason for you to know that you're not going to, you would, you would find out about this ASAP right to your inbox. If you subscribe and follow today, um, why is there an episode coming out on a Friday afternoon instead of on a Wednesday morning? Well, Senator Springer, uh, released a statement last night that, um, called for the Senate to begin investigating whether they can reopen the Paxton impeachment trial after, uh, the office of the attorney general decided to stop contesting the whistleblower's lawsuit in uh, state court uh, or in Travis County court. So um, that's kind of where we're at. We got the Senator on this show to kind of talk about why he's sending that statement out and talk a little bit about what's happening. Um, but that's what we're doing with today. So Senator, welcome to the show. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's great to be on with you guys. And uh, yes, I'm a subscriber, so I get your uh, notifications and it drops in uh, on my podcast feed and, and enjoy listening to the show. Well, we're glad you do. We're glad you do. So for those of you who don't know Senator Drew Springer individually, let me just give you a little background on him um, before we get into the meat of the show. Uh, Senator Drew Springer is a lifelong Christian. He fights to preserve traditional Texas values and promote economic development and undo burdensome regulations, go Senator. <laughs> Drew, uh, Drew is a champion for the taxpayers, fights for pro-life legislation, and defends the Second Amendment. Woo-hoo! He was elected to the Texas House in 2013 and was consistently ranked among the top conservatives. In his first session in the Senate, he was ranked as the second most conservative Senate member and one of the top three effective freshmen in the last 20 years. He grew up in Weatherford, where he attended Weatherford High School. He went on to attend Weatherford College and then the University of North Texas, where he was a letterman and received his accounting degree. He spent 15 years working for a Texas rail car company, where he started as an accountant and rose to be president of three divisions. He left to join his father's financial services where he specialized in agricultural futures and securities for the last 16 years. Drew and his wife of 30-plus years now, Lydia, reside in Munster, where they are blessed to have raised their three children and welcomed their first grandson in 2020. The family is active members of Sacred Heart Catholic Church, where Drew serves on the Financial Council, and he's also been a volunteer fireman for 15 years. There's something I didn't know. Good for you. Thank you. So, Garrett, um, I'm going to let you get this show started because this is important yep. stuff. Absolutely. Thanks, Andy. Uh, and one, one, that's one, one heck of a resume there, Senator. Um, so, but let's just kind of jump into the meat of this. Like, so we'll start at the beginning. 
Longtime listeners of our show are going to know that we spent several weeks talking about the PACs and impeachment. And Ann and I both thought at the end of it the conviction was warranted on several accounts, but not all. Um, that said, Senator, you were one of 15 uh, GOP senators that voted to acquit on all of the charges. Um, yesterday, though, you released a statement that said, the Senate should relook at the case. Kind of explain what's different now and why you think it this has um, risen to a level that needs to be relooked at. Well, for months leading up to the case, we heard from the attorney general uh, that he was innocent, that he did nothing wrong, uh, that he didn't have the chance to uh, go before the legislature and defend himself and tell his side of the story. Uh, we had the trial. He didn't talk about it. Uh, he didn't go on trial. So he didn't. we didn't get to hear from him directly. But we heard from his team. Uh, and we spent two grueling weeks listening to testimony um, on it. But the standard was it was beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, and at the end of the day, we did not believe, or I didn't believe, and obviously other senators thought the same as I did on the GOP side, that it, you know, that it just did not rise to that. And so we voted to acquit. We didn't vote. I didn't vote to say that he's innocent, that there's nothing wrong here, that. But it just did not rise to that standard. What changed? You know, hey, I decided I'm going to come back and I'm working, doing normally what I do in the interim and stuff, going back and seeing constituents. And, uh, you know, and, and I know that, you know, there's the case with the whistleblowers is running through the court. And I was very surprised to see the attorney general put a statement into the court, a legal document, you know, and, and, and let me quote exactly what he says. Hereby elects not to contest any issue of fact in this case as to the claim or damages. And so that is an admission of guilt saying to the court, because this isn't a settlement. This is saying to the court, you know, we're not going to contest anything the whistleblower said. Just tell us how much taxpayers owe to these folks for what I've done. And you know, to me, I read that as an admission of guilt. I think that uh, you you should have that um, brought back up. I think that we should hear from the attorney general. He should be deposed um, under oath. Uh, you know, Donald Trump's never afraid to go under oath and uh, be deposed and tell you he's innocent. You know, Ken Paxson is refusing to do that now. And so uh, to me, it's risen to that level um, that I think it warrants reopening this. Well, Ken Paxson released a statement. Um, I think it was just press. I didn't see the actual statement come out, but uh, Patrick Svitek, uh reported it saying, and I quote, Springer has to leave the Senate because he was such a bad senator, wasn't going to get reelected, and needed a job. Why should anyone listen to his sour grapes? Why should anyone listen to your sour grapes, Senator? Look, I mean, it tells you right there. You know, he doesn't say, oh, I didn't admit that I'm guilty. He sits there and says, oh, I was a bad senator. Jeez, oh, I mean, I'm sorry. It was like you said, you know, it was number two most conservative in my freshman session. I was in the top five this session. You know, and look, um, you know, I don't necessarily want to say, but, you know, Angela Paxton was way near the back end of the Republican side of things. So if he's calling me a bad senator based on conservativeness, unless he has a different measurement that he uses, I don't know what that is. You know, and I tell you what, it is insulting to everybody listening to this that he is talking about somebody who goes and makes an honest living, makes a job. I didn't figure out how to get rich being a politician. I know his own team, Axiom, ran ads against him and his wife 
when they were running Don Huffine's campaign saying, you know, public service pays really well for Ken Paxton. You know, he went from owning next to nothing to owning 28 companies. He refuses to file his personal financial statements, which discloses to all of us elected officials, to the public, what we own. Greg Abbott files his. Dan Patrick files his. Don Buckingham files hers. I have filed mine for 12 years. It shows that I own about what I own when I got in to today. So I've got to come back and make a living. And I'm proud of that. I don't, you know, I don't think that that's a sign of weakness. I think that's a sign of what our founding fathers intended us to do, which is go serve your, uh, the citizens of Texas or our country, and then go back and make a living under the rules you passed. Um, you know, Ken Paxton continues to take, you know, lavish uh, European vacations. You know, the communist China brought him to, to China and he won't disclose who paid for that. A lot of other officials were asked to go on those trips. They didn't go. This is where he is going because he's trying to add smoke and cover from the real story, which is he has admitted to the courts that he has done the items that the whistleblowers are charging him for. Whistleblowers want to clear their names, and that's what they're attempting to do. Um, but by he, by Ken Paxton doing this, he opens the taxpayers to millions and millions of more. If he did nothing wrong, it would take him just a few hours to sit down, answer questions truthfully. He spent way more time trying to avoid being deposed than if he had just been deposed, told the truth that he did nothing if that was the truth, and we'd be done with this. And guess what? We wouldn't own the whistleblowers anything. And 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 I and I think you're exactly right, Senator. I think transparency matters. I think if you're in 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 a leadership role, whether you are a state senator or or whatever, but all the way down to county council or city council, transparency matters. And if your constituents can't see what you're doing, at least it makes this constituent wonder what you're up to. <laughs> So, you know, I I definitely have concerns. I reread that uh, filing last night that you referenced that he filed in the in the whistleblower case. And and, and you're exactly right. Item 14 is it, it, in my opinion, is very damning. Um, He should not have if he's innocent, he should not have capitulated. And to to file something like that in the legal system. Um, he didn't he didn't want to be deposed, as you said. And now the courts are saying you're going to be deposed anyway. And after I reread that whole thing, I was like, well, no wonder they want to depose him because it was I was reading the media on it. And it wasn't really clear to me why they were going to re- depo- depose him anyway. But when I read the filing, I was I was like, ah, the first 13 items are all about the impeachment process. And like that has nothing to do with a legal case. I mean, it's a. Yeah a flyby item, if you will, in, in, in a legal case, having, having worked for an attorney, um, it would be a, a mention and also, and also ran, if you will. Um, but it's not the focus. Right. And look, the judge is probably going to rule that, you know, and it has said you've got to be deposed because how do they determine what damages there are if they don't know all the facts of the case? And he's um, saying, and he's saying, of course, well, I'll just admit, to, I mean, that's what he says. I, I, I will consent to all of them. Mm-hmm. And what are they? 
Well, and that goes exactly back to what Article 6 and probably a couple others in the impeachment articles were about, um, where he said he hadn't done anything. Now he's conceding that I, I'm going to go with what the whistleblowers are saying, and I'll admit to those. Senator, uh, one of the criteria during the impeachment trial was that not only if you thought that uh, General Paxton had committed the the alleged offense, but if that offense rose to the level of impeachment, were there items from that original trial that you thought that the prosecution proved, but that it was on issues that didn't rise to a level of being impeached or being uh, removed from office? Again, it gets back to that standard without a reasonable doubt. Did it did it rise to that level to say he should be impeached? Um, and, and that was the challenge. And I think that that's where, you know, it, for me, it was close. Um, you know, at times I thought we were, I was about to get there. And then times it finally, you know, you hear another side and then you're sort of in this sort of, well, now it's not a hundred percent clear. And if that is without a reasonable doubt, then, you know, that's where it sort of falls down, you know, on that aspect of it. You know, I, I said right after the trial, you know, the way the political process works and the way this is, this should have always been done in a court of law. It probably shouldn't have been through the legislative process. Uh, there wasn't that kill shot smoking gun that everybody was expecting to be able to see. And, and there was there was just enough smoke around the outsides of it. Uh, you know, that that's the reason I voted the way I did. And, you know, the other senators would have to speak for themselves. So you're Fair just enough. saying that there was there was smoke, but you couldn't see the fire. And, and that's what that standard is. And, yeah. you know, if it was under a civil case that has a, a lower standard that, you know, there probably there may have been. But that wasn't the, the standard that was clearly set out in the beginning. And so, you know, didn't even consider it from that aspect. Understood. What mechanisms are possibly in place that would allow the Senate to relook at the case or absent a, a, a retrial? Um, what other things are you hoping um, might be found in order to hold Attorney General Paxton accountable for, at this point, his admitted behavior? Well, in legislative process, you know, we take votes many of times where a vote fails. And if you're on the presiding side, you can ask for that vote to be reconsidered. Now, I don't know if this falls in, the, in this time frame. Because, you know, we have left the trial. I don't know if it's because we're still in the session. And that's really what I'm asking it to be looked into. You know, let the lawyers, the parliamentarians figure out if that's a possibility. Uh, and it may very well not be, uh, which I, I think it would be a, a sad state. And, you know, I'm sure the House isn't saying, well, well, let's look forward to going back and redoing the same thing again with the new facts uh, and, and start the process again. Uh, is there a situation in the future at this point where you would ever uh, endorse <coughs> Ken Paxton in any situation? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I would never vote for Ken Paxton again, um, you know, much less not endorse him, uh, you know, you know, not filing your, your statements showing what you have done, uh, you know, the, I mean, it, it was never uh, denied or allegations that Nate Paul paid for a fake Uber account so he could cheat on his wife. 
Um, you know, that's just not the kind of person I'm going to endorse. It's not the kind of person I'm going to vote for. Um, I can tell you right now, I've probably have endorsed over 20 people uh, opposite of Attorney General Paxton. Uh, you know, I, I think that when voters look at it, it's like whose endorsement means more to me. Is it somebody with the behavior, um, you know, that has donors paying for, for things that really aren't, you know, that anybody would say that a, a good person would do, you know, versus somebody who's led on the Second Amendment, pro-life, conservative rating. Um, you know, I think voters think of those things much more. I agree. I agree. I guess I guess the only real question left on this particular issue is a matter of cost. It's already cost millions of dollars to run these trials. Anytime the legislature is called into a special session, whether it's for legislative or impeachment, it just starts the bill starts running uh, for the taxpayers. At what point is it is there a point where that fiscal cost isn't worth it um, to hold um, Paxton accountable or try to hold Paxton accountable? You know, I think the public expects for the truth to come out when it relates to our elected officials. Uh, and the dollars we're talking about, you know, millions of dollars, almost $10 million probably. Um, I think that those, if, if that's what it is to understand the truth, you know, taxpayers understand that that's a cost of our liberty or freedom in the way our democracy and our republic runs um, from those aspects. Do we want to? No, we would always want to spend that on, you know, more roads, more water, more broadband, all the infrastructures, all the things we did this last session where we spent over $300 billion uh, to be able to do those. But to make sure our system isn't corrupt, that we don't have corrupt people in there, I think that those dollars are, are, are well worth it, and I think the taxpayers expect that as well. So just just to put it another way, it's, it's, it probably costs about the same to settle with the whistleblowers versus um, running trials and this, that, or the other. But you think it's a better use of taxpayer dollars to get to the, the bottom of and accountability for our public officials. Absolutely. I think our public officials have to be held accountable. It's why we have the personal financial statements that we're supposed to do. All these reports and all the things we do at the ethics commission is to hold us responsible. Ken Paxton has skirted those, uh, has not filed the proper paperwork, uh, won't tell us the businesses and the property he owns and, and those type of things. On top of now, we are dealing with this whistleblower suit where he is you know, refusing to, to, to be deposed, is admitting that he's guilty, um, and now is asking the taxpayers to pay that uh, amount of money. So um, I think that we need to hold our public uh, elected officials responsible. And, and on a closing note, I just want to make it clear to our to our lovely viewers and listeners that um, uh, Senator Drew Springer, unfortunately, is not running again. But the important part about that is this is not sour grapes. You made that decision because it's good. It's what's best for your family. And you have nothing to gain by this. This is not some political hocus pocus gamesmanship. This is. Senator Drew Springer speaking his truth and mad respect. I, and I appreciate that. And, and, and that's exactly right. I, I have zero to gain by, you know, putting this out and, and, and calling out uh, Attorney General Paxton on these issues. Um, 
you know, probably to the, the, the flip sides probably will be, you know, detriment. Um, you know, uh, his attack team is already coming out. And it's all personal attacks because they can't attack on the facts. And so, yeah, that's fine. You know, I, you know, you get thick skin in this game. I've been called an awful lot of things over the years from both sides, from from an extremist white right winger to a rhino. So it probably tells you I'm right about the right spot on on these. Um, but you know, it, it gets back to the integrity of the office. It's, it's one thing, you know, the the Senate, especially the Senate, you know, is you know held in esteem. It's a sacred place. It's been an honor. Less than a thousand Texans have ever been a senator, uh, you know, and to hear and take the time out of our lives to hear a trial, to be said you're innocent, to just a couple months later having the attorney general come out and basically admit in court filings that he's guilty, you know, is an insult. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you, Senator Springer, for joining us. Uh, we we can't tell you how thankful we are to get to have you on to talk to our, our viewers and our listeners about what's going on in, in our capital. Uh, and thank you again for your many years of service and dedication to the community. You were my Senator for a number of years. Um, so I just thank you for all for, for that. Um, but uh, we'll let you get back down to, you know, doing the people's business and to our viewers. Thank you for, for joining us on this uh First special edition of the Seeing Red podcast, our first video edition of the City Seeing Red podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you like and subscribe, follow on all of our social medias to make sure that you uh, stay up to date with what's happening here today uh, or with, uh, with what's happening on the podcast. And we'll see you on our regularly scheduled next Wednesday unless more crazy news happens and we can get it to you. Never know. You never know. Bye, thank Senator. You, thank you so Andy. much. Bye. Bye. Pleasure. Thanks. You've been listening to the CN Red Podcast. It's always Texas politics and beyond. We present the facts and opinions. The CN Red Podcast with your host, Andy Turner and Garrett Fools. Thank you and tune in next week. And please do us a favor. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode.